Welcome to the sermon podcast for Canton Church, a campus of Mount Perrin North. We exist to help people live a Christ-centered life, especially those disconnected from Christ. And we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Good morning, Canton Church. I was going to come out and say really nice things about Pastor Jeremy until he just said what he just said about me. But no, I'll still say a couple of nice things. I, like he said, am the student and volunteer pastor here at Canton Church. And I love every opportunity I get on Sunday mornings to come and share what God's doing in my life, share what's on my heart with you on a Sunday morning. I I get the opportunity regularly on Wednesday nights to stand on this stage and talk to an incredible group of middle school and high school students. But I love every chance I get to come that he gives me the opportunity to, to come and to share what God has placed on my heart to share. He said, I am talking about the title of what you eat, and I am going to go ahead and warn you, if you are hungry today, I'm sorry, but we're talking about food all day long, so just brace yourself for like the next 45 minutes of service. I'm not talking that long, I promise. You don't want to hear me talk for 45 minutes, I get that, but for about the 40, next 45 minutes or so as we finish our service, you're just going to have to be hungry, and then you can go, and you can get some lunch, and I promise that'll fill you up. It'll be great. But I do love food. He's not lying. I really do. I think most of that's his fault for working for him. But I love to eat, and I love to eat really good food. My wife and I regularly will get sushi. I love sushi. I didn't love sushi my whole life, but I'm addicted to it now. But I got to be honest, sushi can be pretty expensive. So while really good sushi is really expensive. I regularly don't get really good sushi. There's a place off of Sixes Road, you may know where that's at, called um, Rainbow Asia. Well, it's not the best sushi, I'm not going to lie to you, but it's really cheap sushi. It's good enough sushi, but it's like a dollar for a whole roll, which is awesome. So my wife and I can eat there for far less than $20, and I can get a lot of really cheap sushi. I said that in the first service today, and I had like four people come to me in the lobby afterwards, and they're like, listen, don't go there. There's this place called Yoon. I think that's what it's called, Yoon Sushi. Go to Yoon. It's the best sushi ever. And then I had one person tell me, I'm telling you this, but just know it is expensive. I was like, well, I'm not going to go there. He's like, maybe next year for your anniversary, you can go there. But I love really good food. My anniversary, my and my wife's anniversary, our second wedding anniversary, was a couple of weeks ago. And for that, I had gotten a gift card a couple of months back to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. And I was like, listen, I've never been to Ruth Chris. Like, let's go for our anniversary. And I felt like a true, like, country boy because I was like, listen, let's not go to the one on Chastain. Let's, like, go, like, all out and go to downtown Atlanta for our anniversary to eat dinner. Like, we'll go to the big city, and it'll be really cool. And walk, we'll walk through Centennial Olympic Park, and it'll be so romantic, the park and walking and eating at a really nice restaurant. And she was like, sounds great. So I made a reservation for 6 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Well, Atlanta's not even awake yet at 6 p.m. on a Tuesday night. We went to the restaurant, and there was one table with a couple of businessmen at it and one table with one guy sitting by himself and us at the 6 p.m. reservation. But I was so nervous walking the whole way that it was going to be packed. And then I'm like, I'm an old man because I'm like, why did I wait till 6 o'clock to eat dinner? But the restaurant was empty. Well, we went down there to eat at this really nice restaurant to walk through the really romantic park, and the park was closed. I didn't know that they could close parks, but evidently they can because you were not allowed to enter 
the park, so the really romantic night of walking through a park and eating in a nice restaurant turned into a really romantic night of eating in a nice restaurant and walking through CNN Center with about a thousand middle schoolers. It was awesome. I am great at planning out dates. But we went and we sat down at this restaurant and I was pumped until I got the menu and I realized that my gift card wasn't going to come close to paying for our bill. And I was like, listen, we're here. It's fine. Like, just roll with it. And I was like, you know what? We'll even splurge. We'll get an appetizer too. Like, we'll be, I'll be really nice tonight. And so we got this appetizer and it was crab stuffed mushrooms and they were unbelievable. But it was a $20 appetizer and it had four mushrooms on it. I was like, what in the world? Like, that's $5 a mushroom. And so then they brought me my steak. And before they brought my steak out, they warned me. They're like, listen, we keep the plates really, really hot so that the entirety of your meal, your steak is at the perfect temperature. So I'm like, awesome. This is going to be really cool. So they bring out the plate. And she sets it down. And she says, now, don't forget, the plate's really hot. And I do what just about any guy has to do when they say, don't touch this. It's hot. I get third-degree burns on my right index finger because I'm like, it can't be that hot. Sizzle, my finger's now burned. And she's like, I told you. And I was like, you're right, it was hot. But my gosh, what a good steak. It was incredible. I don't know that I can ever cook another steak on my little Weber grill ever again because it's not going to match up to that incredible steak that I had on that night at Ruth's Chris because it was so Good. I love really good food. Well, to this morning, we're going to talk about food in a variety of different ways, but we're going to walk through a story in Scripture that most of us are probably pretty familiar with. It's the story of Adam and Eve. These are two people that at the very beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis that you've probably heard of. But what I hope that you can get out of today as we look at this idea of what we eat and what we're really going to talk about today is how we as individuals deal with temptation. We're going to talk about how we handle temptation, how we deal with temptation. We're going to look at this story found in Genesis chapter 3 of Adam and Eve, and we're going to walk through this story. And as we do, I've got different steps in a process of temptation that I believe you and I deal with. And again, all day I'm going to relate back to food, but I'm also going to talk about how we can apply this to our spiritual lives and how we deal with temptation. And there's two things that I hope that you get out of today. One, I hope that you get something that you can apply to where you are in life right now, that it can touch you, that it can minister to you today. And the second thing I hope that you can get out of today is finding a new way to study your Bible. What I've done in preparation for this is I've taken a story of Scripture and I've broken it down and I've tried my best to insert myself in this story. It happened thousands of years ago, but I still was trying to find ways that I can apply this to my life today. And so I hope as we go through this, you can put yourself in this story, replace your name with one of these characters' names in some aspect of the story. But let's begin reading today in Genesis chapter 3. If you've got your Bible, you've got a smartphone, and you want to follow along, I encourage you to do so so you can take some notes. But all of our scriptures will be on the screen. But we're going to start reading in chapter 3, verse 1. And it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So picture yourself. You're in this garden. It's gorgeous. It's amazing. Like you're walking in the cool of the day with God and everything there is for you. And it's unbelievable. And you're Eve, and you're sitting there one day, and the serpent comes up to you. 
It's like, listen, like, did God really say you can't eat of any of the trees? The first step in the process of temptation that I believe that you and I face, again, I'm going to relate back to food all day long. Number one is the commercial. Now, listen, go with me for a minute. I'm sitting on my couch. I've already eaten dinner. I've probably already had like a snack of a bowl of ice cream or popcorn. It's like 9.30 at night, and I'm watching the Braves game. It's between innings, and a commercial comes on, and bam, there's a Whopper on my screen. Now, listen, you got to go with me. I think it's, again, Pastor Jeremy's fault probably, but I love the Whopper. It's the best burger made by any fast food chain. It's incredible. I love it. But here's what happens to me. I'm sitting there, and they start showing this Whopper, and they start talking about the char grill and the smell, and I can, like, smell it in my house. But then they go a step further, and they say, I can get two of these plus two fries plus two drinks for $10. I'm like, Lauren, stop everything. We've got to go to Burger King right now. Right? It's a commercial. It's that moment where I'm sitting there, and I'm like, listen, I've been trying to lose weight. I've been trying to eat right. Will that really hurt me if I eat one? Will it really affect what I'm trying to do if I eat this one? It's what the serpent asked Eve. Eve, will this, did God really say this? Is this really what God is wanting you to do right now? I believe if we take ourselves out of that story and we take ourselves out of food and we're looking at our spiritual lives for a moment, I think sometimes you and I have these same conversations in our head. Will this really affect my marriage? Will this really affect my relationship with my kids? Will this really hurt my relationship with God? Did God really say that? How many times in our lives do we have someone or something challenge our morals, our beliefs, or our disciplines by asking the question, does it really matter? If we continue reading on in verse 2, it says, The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the tree in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. What happened here? Rather than doing what if we look back in history thousands of years ago, if I could have told Eve one thing, I would have told her, as soon as the serpent said the first words to you, run in the other direction, right? It's easy for us to look back and say that. Eve, don't even have the conversation with the serpent because it can only lead to really bad things. Run. But she doesn't do that. She opens up the channels of communication with the serpent. And our second point in the process of temptation that I feel that happens, again, relating back to food, is the app. One of the greatest things and the worst things for me that's happened when it relates to technology and food is the fact that just about every restaurant I love now has an app that goes with it. Chick-fil-A, for instance, affects me every day but Sunday. They've got an app now. It's the Chick-fil-A One app where I can literally go on. I can see every menu item they have. I can click what I want. I can add my sauces, my drink, everything. I click pay, and then I pull in the parking lot. And as I'm doing so, I click this fancy button that just says I'm here. They've got a special parking spot for just me that I get to pull into, and they bring my food to me, and it's awesome, right? I have so many apps on my phone for restaurants. Starbucks has the exact same thing. I can just tell them what I want, click, and they'll be making my drink to where I walk in. I don't ever have to stand in a line again. It's awesome. But what happens with that? What happens is, is outside of just now seeing a commercial, 
that kind of tempts me from a distance, now there's some conversations taking place. I've opened up the channels of communication to where I'm able to find out more information. Now I'm not just seeing the Whopper on the screen. I'm able to find out a little bit about their menu. I'm able to find out what other things do they have. What are the variety? What are the options? How else could I get this? Where are all of the locations at? For Eve, she should have ran in the other direction as soon as the serpent started speaking to her. If we take food out of it, if we get outside of that story for a moment and we think about, again, our spiritual lives, this is that moment where we have something that tempts us. We have a temptation in front of us that we have to make the choice of whether or not we're going to find out a little bit more about this situation or we're going to run. And the sad fact is, is a lot of times in our lives we find out more information about it. We start to gain a little more knowledge. Well, what's this really about? I'll open up this channel of communication and I'll start finding out some more information about it. If we continue reading, it says, You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So again, picture the story, Eve sitting in the garden, the serpent comes up to her and says, God didn't really say this. She starts this conversation with him, has this moment, and then the serpent says, listen, like what you're not understanding is God doesn't want you to eat of this because then you're going to know as much as God and you're going to be as smart as God. Like that's why he's scared that you're going to become really powerful if you eat this, Eve. Third step in the process of temptation, it's the hot sign. Now, I know you know what I mean when I say the hot sign is on, right? It's Krispy Kreme. It's the donuts, baby. Like, they are fresh. They are ready to come off. Like, they are on that glorious train right now going under that amazing fountain of pure sugar. And I can get it, and it's going to melt in my mouth. They're awesome, right? But what happens to you and I when we're driving down Cobb Parkway? We've got Marietta Diner on the left. We come up on that Krispy Kreme on the right, and that bright neon sign is flashing in the window. Without even recognizing it, our car turns itself right into the parking lot, and you're sitting there staring at this sign. And I know you do this because I see your pictures on Instagram where you just take a picture and post of the sign, and you're like, should I get donuts or not? Well, we all know you're going to get donuts, but you're sitting there, you're staring at this sign, and you're contemplating in your head, should I get some? Should I not get some? You're texting your friends, look, the hot sign's on. Should I get some donuts? You're calling your spouse, hey, like, cancel all dinner plans. We're all having donuts for dinner now. What's happening here? It's that hard sell. It's the serpent. It's telling Eve. God doesn't want you to have this because you're going to be as smart and as good as God. Like, that's why you need to do this. God's just trying to keep you from something. She still hasn't crossed that line. She still hasn't made that mistake. But she's sitting there, not really, but go with me, staring at this hot sign, saying, that looks really good what's on the inside. I think I really, really, really want to go, and I want to get some of that. We take ourselves out of that story. We take ourselves out of a Krispy Kreme parking lot. We put ourselves in our spiritual lives. This is that moment where we've been tempted. We found out some more information. And it's that easy to just step over that line. Do I want to do this? Nobody will find out. 
I could get away with this. One donut's not going to hurt my diet, right? It's that moment where we're contemplating crossing that line. For Eve, it was a serpent in a garden. For you or I, it might not be a flashing donut sign, but what are the voices in your ear saying it really won't hurt you? If we continue reading on in verse 6, it says, When the woman saw that the fruit on the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. This is that moment where she was no longer just standing in the Krispy Kreme parking lot staring at a neon sign flashing that the donuts are hot. She's crossed over. The fourth step in the process of temptation, I've called the QT. Now, I'll admit to you, I love a lot of food, but there's one thing that I really do love more than I should ever admit to. I love gas station roller food. Like a good taquito from Quick Trip is so good in the middle of the night. Like I've got some head nods like, yeah, it is. Like, it's amazing. I'll be honest with you. I know this is a terrible way of doing things, but if there's a Shell and a Quick Trip next door to each other, and Shell's gas is three cents less than Quick Trip's, I'm still probably going to Quick Trip. Why? Because I'm not only going to get gas, I'm probably going to go in and buy a bunch of junk food that I don't need, and I'm going to go in, and did you know that you can, like, make your own milkshakes there? Like, they've got this little, like, mini fridge thing. You take it out, you pull this aluminum wrapper off, you set it in this machine, and you get to make it. It's awesome. You press one of three buttons. One makes it really thick, one normal, and one really thin. They're incredible. You can get anything in there. I walk out with, like, a swim, a Slim Jim and two Powerades because you can't just buy one because they got buy two for $3 in there. I'm like, you got to get two of them. It's incredible. But what happens? I'm not there for food. I'm just getting gas innocently in the parking lot. And there's that neon sign flashing. And I'm like, well, I might as well go in and get something. It's just right there. It's so easy. It's so convenient. Eve crossed that line. She stepped into the moment. She took the fruit and she ate some. She went inside. She didn't stay in the parking lot any longer. We take ourselves out of quick trip. We take ourselves out of story of Eve we put ourselves back in our spiritual walk. This is that moment where we cross over from not crossing a line to just kind of observing the temptation at a distance to completely giving in. I'm just going to go inside and I'm just going to get one thing. I'm just going to give in this little bit this once. Can't be that bad. It won't hurt that much. It won't hurt my loved ones that big. I'm just going to walk in and I'm just going to grab a couple of things. We cross that line, don't we? We give in to the temptation. The serpent was telling Eve, it's going to be incredible. And she's like, okay. The donut sign is flashing. It's going to be incredible. And we give in and we say, okay. When we take down our protection, it's easy for us to make a mistake. If we continue reading on, starting in verse 7, it says, Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not 
to eat from. Having an Eve, they walked into the quick trip. They got what they wanted. They took a bite of it and they walked out and they said, what in the world did I just do? Why did I just do that? What was I thinking? When I was like 18 to 20 years old, I'll be honest, I could pretty much eat anything at any point and it would never affect me. But now if I go to like Taco Bell at like 11 o'clock at night, or if I go to like Waffle House at like 3 a.m. like I used to do, it would be brutal what would happen. I would have such bad heartburn. It would be terrible. The next process, the next step in our process of temptation, step number five is the heartburn. You make this choice, you've made this decision, and now you are paying for it and you are regretting it something fierce. It's come back and it is attacking you back. Adam and Eve walked up, she ate this fruit, and then she said, why did I just do that? That was such a terrible decision. If I eat Taco Bell at 11 o'clock at night, about 1230, I'm going to be laying in bed saying, what in the world did I just do? That was a terrible decision. We take ourselves out of Taco Bell at 11 o'clock at night. If we take ourselves out of Eve's story and we put ourselves back into our spiritual walk with God, this is that moment when we walk back out after making that poor choice. We walk back out after giving into that temptation. And we say, what in the world did I just do? Why did I do that? Why did I allow myself to give in? I promised myself, I promised my spouse, I promised God I would never be that person that did that. How did I get here? You regret it. It's that pit in the stomach feeling that you don't know how to get over. I love a part of this story when it's talking about after they realized what they did and they heard God in the garden, they went and hid in the weeds. Have you ever thought about like really what they're doing there? Like they're pretty much playing hide and seek from God. Like that's the worst idea ever. You will never win at that game of hide and seek. He's God. Like if you're hiding in the woods, God is going to find you because he's God. But we do that, don't we? You're like, well, I've never gone and hidden the woods from God. No. But after we make some decisions sometimes, after we've given in to temptation sometimes, when we go to pray the next time, don't we sometimes think, oh, I don't want to pray because I did that. I'm just going to avoid conversation with God. You go to pray. You go to read your Bible. Oh, I can't read that. Like every time you do, you think back to that decision you made and you said, I'm just going to avoid conversation with God because I know the next time I talk to him, I've got to talk about that moment. Play hide and seek. That's what we're doing. We're just hiding from him. Adam and Eve made a choice. And they went in the head. I believe sometimes in our lives we do the same thing. If we continue reading in verse 12, it says, The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate it. This is typical male. This is typical female. This is typical human response right here, right? God comes to them. God says, Adam, what have you done? She made me do it. She did it. Okay. Eve, what have you done? The serpent made me do it. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. He made me do it. That's how we respond in these moments. God comes to us. I feel this guilt. I'm like, well, it's really his fault. It's really her fault. It's not my fault. Have you ever gone and read reviews for Taco Bell? 
If you haven't, I encourage you the next time you're really bored, just Google search like angry Taco Bell reviews. They're hilarious. I wrote a couple of them down that I wanted to read you. I promise I couldn't read all of them because not all of them were appropriate to read in church. But this is what a couple of them said. People writing a review to Taco Bell, they said they never get it right. Charge for beef burrito and always get bean. I am tired of calling and tired of having to go back a week later to get what I wanted. I'm not sure why they had to wait a week later to get what they wanted. They never get it right. I get charged for beef and get bean every time. The order is always the same. Three Taco Supremes and a beef burrito and my husband's order. Time and time again, my husband called tonight and asked them, does bean go on a beef burrito? He thought it was the way they might come. I am tired of paying and not getting my food. Sincerely disgusted. The next one says, instead of meat with sauce, I love this one, instead of meat with sauce on the Nacho Belgrande, not Belgrande, they put a dollop of cold, hard, refried beans, that sounds awesome, on a couple of the chips and put barely any cheese at all on it. It was the worst meal I think I've ever had. Very disappointed. They must be trying to cut corners and save money. And the final one says, I get, I get takeout at least once a week for my family of seven. They almost never include the extra cheese which I pay for. It happened again tonight, and I am fed up and frustrated. There was actually less cheese than a normal, which was, in all caps, super frustrating. Called the manager, and he actually muttered some nonsense about how this was impossible because everything is portioned out. Nice. What's happened here? It's people choosing to go eat Taco Bell, and then when it's not right, being angry at Taco Bell about their decision. Now, if you work at Taco Bell, if you're a manager or you work there, please don't get offended by what I'm about to say. But when you choose to go to Taco Bell, you've got to just assume something's not going to be right with the transaction that takes place. If I'm choosing to go there, I'm assuming that one of my 67 cent tacos is going to be just cheese and lettuce and no meat at all. It's just the nature of paying for so little for so much food. Now, if I would have gone to Ruth Chris a couple weeks ago and I would have had that kind of experience, I would have been a little ticked off. But that's not what happened there. When I went to Ruth Chris, my wife and I, we sat in our booth. And before we had ever met the waitress, before she had come to our table once, she walked up the very first time and she says, Mr. and Mrs. Hyman, we're so glad that you chose to come to Ruth Chris to celebrate your anniversary. Wow. It blew my mind. I was like, guest services on point here. It was amazing. But I paid for that. It was expensive. And they wanted my moment there to be incredible. They wanted me to have an awesome experience. When you go to Taco Bell... You're not paying for an experience. You're paying for heartburn three hours later. And so you can afford to feed your whole family for less than $10. That's why you go to Taco Bell. You're expecting something's not right in the bag, but then you have people that go and they write an angry review for something they kind of need to expect. See, what happened here in this story of Adam and Eve, they made a decision and then they're angry at someone else because of the outcome. And I believe in our lives, church, we have that moment sometimes for us where I make a decision, I choose to do something, and then when the outcome kind of backfires in my face, it kind of blows up in me, 
I'm trying to find someone else I can point the finger at. Well, this is really their fault, God. Like, I chose to go and I chose to eat Taco Bell, but God, this is their fault for messing up. I didn't do it, God, they did it. I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know where you're at with your walk with God. But I would go out on a limb today and I would say, if not everybody, the majority of this room is dealing with some type of temptation. And the beauty of being in a church, the beauty of being in a body of believers is that sometimes even when we feel like we're alone, we're probably not the only one in the room dealing with that temptation. That's why it's incredible being a part of a local church because you have people that are around you that are saying, hey, I'm going through the same thing. Let's partner together and let's fight this together. But everyone in the room, for the most part, is probably dealing with some type of temptation, one thing or another. Something is tempting us in our lives. And I don't know where you're at in that temptation. I don't know where you're at with that struggle. But I would assume you're probably one of six places in the process of temptation. Maybe you've just seen a commercial. Maybe there's something that's tempting you, but it's just kind of off in the distance, and you don't know anything about it, but you're like, huh, that's interesting. And you're just thinking about it. You've just seen a commercial. Just seen a little bit of information, but it tempted you. I would say today, if that is you, if there's something out there, I would say don't do what Eve did. Don't find out more information. Do what she should have done and run. Cut off all communication right there. Turn the TV off and run. Get out. Don't get more information. Or maybe you have already taken that next step and you've downloaded the app. You've started the communication. You've started finding out more information. You've started getting a little closer to the issue. You've made it a little more accessible. I would say if that's you, if that's where you're at with your temptation, if that's where you're at with your struggle, delete the app. You can still get out. Sure, some feelings might get hurt. Sure, it might get a little messy. But you haven't crossed that line yet. Run. Run faster than you've ever ran. Get away from the issue. Don't get closer. Or maybe you've already watch the commercial, maybe you've already seen the, downloaded the app and you're in the moment of communicating and maybe you've already seen the hot sign and you're in the parking lot and it's so close because it's so enticing and you know everything about it and you know how good it could be and you're just right there and all you've got to do is walk in. Run. Get out. The serpent told Eve, God doesn't want you to have this because then you'll know as much as God and you'll be as wise as God. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Run. Even that moment, she had still yet to reach out and pick that fruit and eat that fruit. She could have still gotten out. I pull into the Krispy Kreme part Dunkin Krispy Kreme donut parking lot. I can still leave run or maybe you've already walked in maybe you've already picked that fruit you've already eaten that fruit maybe you've even shared it with someone else maybe you've already gone into the quick trip and you've gotten a snack 
You've already left. You know, like I've already crossed that line. I've already crossed the point. I've already blown it. I've already messed up. What do I do now? How can I get redemption? How? How can? What do I do? I'll tell you a couple things. One, God still loves you more than you could ever imagine, and He never stopped. And he never will. He just loves you more than you could ever know. And if you have crossed those lines and you have stepped in and temptation's not out there anymore, but you're living in it, you can still get out. You can still say, God, I am sorry. God, here's the mess I've created. Here's what I'm living in. Here's what I'm doing. God, it's yours. I don't want to do it anymore. I can't do this any longer. God, I'm done. You've crossed that line. If you've walked in, if you've taken that fruit, you can still get out. Or maybe you're in the next step. Maybe some things have happened. Maybe some things in your past have happened. And you're standing there and all you've been doing is leaving angry refuse. God, it's their fault. God, I'm so angry at them. Like, I wouldn't have done this, but it was them. Like, they hurt me in the past, and that's why I've done what I've done, God. It's their fault. They did this to me and hurt me, God. And maybe that's true. Maybe there are people that have hurt you, and maybe there are things in your past that have happened to you that have caused some circumstances in your life. But I'll tell you one, forgive that person. Let go of that past pain. But I would say stop leaving the angry review and own up for the decisions you made. Because the reality is, is Adam took a bite. The reality is, is that Eve took a bite. Sure, someone else handed it to him. Sure, someone else talked them into it. But they took the bite. They made the decision for themselves. They chose to do what they did. For you and I, maybe we need to have a hard conversation with God or we stop hiding in the woods and we come out in the open and we say, God, it was me. God, I messed up. Here's my stuff. Here's my junk. Here's my situation, God. I need help fixing it. And we stop pointing the fingers at other people. Again, I don't know where you're at today. For most of us in the room, we're dealing with some type of temptation. My question to you today, church, is where are you at with your temptation? And how are you fighting it? Where are you at on the process of temptation? And how are you trying to get out? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. God, I thank you for the opportunity to share with this group of people. And God, I pray right now for the people in this room that are facing temptation, God. God, I pray for the people that are still just seeking information. I pray that they run. God, I pray for the people that are close to it. I pray that they run. I pray for the people that have crossed lines that they can still get out. God, I pray that they get out. I pray that they ask you for forgiveness and they don't point the finger. They don't leave the angry of you. But God, they love you and they choose to pursue you and not other things. God, I thank you for stories like Adam and Eve that happened thousands of years ago that I can find ways to put myself right in the middle of their story, God, and you have in Scripture so that I can learn from it. 
God, I pray that we would open our Bibles and we would learn from the people in history. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you would like more information about today's message or about our church, we invite you to visit us at cantonchurch.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash cantonchurchga.com.